My name is Jafar Akbar, and this is Critically Speaking, difficult conversations about the arts and culture in Wales. I want to begin this episode by wishing everyone a really happy new year. 2019 was a roller coaster of a year for the art in Wales, with a whole lot of positives and probably too many negatives. This won't be a year in review though, don't worry, you'll find plenty of that in other places. However, it is important to recognise and acknowledge the good, the bad and the ugly of our industry, and to talk openly and honestly about it. You can rest assured that even in 2020, you'll definitely find openness and honesty here on the Critically Speaking podcast. In this, our fourth episode of the series, you're going to hear my conversation with one of Wales' fastest rising performers, Malianne Rees. This conversation was recorded during the 2019 Edinburgh Fringe Festival in August, where Mally was performing almost every day, so I was grateful for the time. What I ended up getting, and what you're about to hear, was a very frank discussion about the relationship between race and privilege. Mally is a Welsh-speaking woman of colour, a rare find in the acting community, and it's this interesting position that really fascinated me about her, and why I wanted her on the show. It turned out to be a brilliant chat, and I think you'll enjoy it too. So without further ado, let's get 2020 started. Welcome to episode 4 of Critically Speaking. So are you based in Wales now? Yes. you weren't, were you? No, I was based in London, okay. uh, but I've moved back to Cardiff about two, three months ago. And you're from Cardiff? From Cardiff, Canton okay. girl. Okay. Yeah. Is Canton how you remember it? Uh, no, it's posh now. Okay. It wasn't before. No. I only know it. As, I've, I've only been in Wales for five five years, under five years, and it's, all, it's only ever been posh. When I was growing up, like you go to people, I'm from Canton, they'd be like, oh. Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. it used to be rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, now it's like arts capital and like yeah. loads of actors and stuff live there. I mean, chapters obviously are massive. Yeah, it's a hub. Yeah. yeah. Artisanal coffees and all kinds of shit. Do you miss the way it was? <laughs> No, it's quite nice that it's a bit posh now, I think. Yeah. I think it's more diverse, actually. Than it used to be? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. It's not like Grangetown or Splot with his major diversity hubs and stuff. Mm. Actually, I don't know. Maybe I've just got like a skewed impression because I've moved to London. Like, if I think about it, I was hanging out with like Pakistani kids and mixed race kids on the street. Yeah, no, it was diverse. But now they've got like more like a black hair shop. Yeah, it's exciting. That's <laughs> all <laughs> I look forward to. Yeah. Did yeah. you miss Wales while you were away? Yeah, I think I missed the Welsh accent. Okay. And my accent not being like different because I found like people always would say like, oh, you know, they wouldn't take my points as seriously with the Welsh accent. It was as if it was something, you know, like a jokey accent, like a Gavin and Stacey accent rather than. I'm trying to make some really good intellectual points, you know? Yeah. Did you get that a lot? I didn't think that was a thing. I didn't think, In I drama think that, school it was. A bit that was East 15, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. Just people like uh, repeating your accent back to you when you're trying to make a point in class, which is really frustrating. Yeah, there's definitely that impression that Welsh people are stupid. I've had that a lot. Is that just in the arts? or? Um, no, I think that's an overall... Really? Point of view from telly. Because anything that gets 
put on in England, that's from Wales, is usually like comedy characters in the valleys kind of voices. Yeah. So we all assume that's what we're all like. Not that there's anything wrong with being like that. It's just not a full picture of Wales at all. Are you someone who fights back? Uh, yes, when I'm not meant to. <laughs> I'm trying not to. You're quite active on social media about saying stuff. Am I? I think you are. Oh. You know, kind of, um... I share stuff and I do, yeah, I do talk about it, I suppose. But do you think you're deliberately trying not to do that anymore? I think it's just finding the right time to have those conversations. I've been reading um, why I no longer talk to white people about race. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it can be exhausting mm. speaking to people that aren't willing to listen or don't want to hear about privilege and stuff like that. And finding if if you're from two very different viewpoints, it's almost impossible to find a, a middle ground. Because I think I'm not willing to like give meet, up on my position. Yeah, I think like I'm, meet in the middle, basically. Yeah, like yeah. I think I'm right. <laughs> what do you think you're right about? Um, what is this position that you speak of? I think just like society in general. I don't think it's about being right or wrong. I just think you have to acknowledge that society has privileges and that certain privileges are given to you. Like, I know I have privileges as a mixed-race girl. I know that I've got privileges over, like, my darker-skinned counterparts, that people find me more acceptable, stuff like that. And I just think everybody should acknowledge their own privileges. I'm able-bodied. I'm straight. All these things play into so many other dynamics of society, and I think I find it difficult when people don't acknowledge that that's part of the world that we live in. Compare London to Wales, like, that idea of being more privileged because you're mixed race. Yeah. Is that more prominent in Wales, or do you think no, in you London. felt that more in London? Yeah, definitely. I think because I was just surrounded by, like, more of a diverse group of people, mm. and that's where I learned so much. Like, I always called myself black, and then as soon as I got to London, my housemate told me that I'm not black. <laughs> Because she and was then, black? Yeah. Okay. And then I had an identity crisis. Um, right. <laughs> and then I kind of learned more about it. How did that feel? Um, how, did, how did it feel to be told you're not black? Confusing. Okay. I was kind of angry at the time because I was in such a white school. Right. For them, I was black. Sure. I've always been referred to as black. Yeah. And I didn't recognise my privileges as a mixed race person at all. Because I was always like, oh, well, people have been racist to me. Like, I get treated differently. I get followed around shops. Like, I don't see where all this privilege is, but it definitely exists. Mm. But you find it less in Wales? I think in Wales I could very easily go around calling myself black and not be told otherwise. Like, I used to be called Black Mally in school. Oh, really? Yeah. This is White Mally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's what happens? I feel like the next generation are super woke. Uh, I hate that word. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I don't know what better word for it is. It's it's the best word right now. Yeah. They're a bit awakened um, (laughs) to many different issues. I've got a little sister. She's 15. She's my half-sister. Yeah. But like her just knowledge on all kinds of things from LGBT rights to like right words to use and stuff like it seems like the school's completely different from when I was there the same school same school like I remember one of my friends was told she had like a tea towel on her head because she had a hijab and like things like that it's just 
yeah, I don't think it's the same anymore. I think in the age of social media, things are changing. Do you think you're someone who does, you're in a place where you understand your privilege? Or do you think you, you are still learning? I'm still learning. I mean, it's constant learning. Yeah. Things are changing every day. So like different words people have used and, you know, you've just got to keep up to date. And there's some things that you don't realise are bad until you've got rid of some other things. And it's like, oh, actually, this is an issue as well. And it's just a constant working through that, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're I mean, obviously, you're still very young. Mm. And you're quite young in your career as well. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> What's it like as a, as a black or mixed race actor in Wales? That's a huge question. <laughs> That's a massive, massive question. But there are a lot of you. No, there aren't. And there aren't a lot of black women in, 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 yeah. in the arts. Absolutely. I think it has its benefits. There's less competition, obviously, if they're looking for a Welsh person of colour who happens to be a girl from Cardiff. It narrows down the pool quite a lot. It does. But I find myself going for a lot of roles where it's kind of blind casting. So I'd be competing against loads of white girls as well for the same role. Which I don't know whether there's a positive or a negative. Do you feel that when you're there in a room and you're the only non-white person there? I'm very used to being the only <laughs> non-white person in a room. Yeah, I feel like I've got to prove myself sometimes. Like, oh, I haven't just got this because I'm mixed race. Or you've probably thought of this character as a white girl. Let me convince you she could be mixed race. That kind of battle I think is quite difficult. I think I'm awful for doubting myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll be like, oh, no, I don't deserve to be here. But I think that's quite a common acting thing, like imposter syndrome. I think it's quite a common minority thing as well. I think imposter I have syndrome. That. I have that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get imposter syndrome, like, a lot. Yeah. I think it depends on the kind of job I get. So, for example, Tourist Trap, mm. I didn't get imposter syndrome. I did get imposter syndrome for being like oh my gosh how have I ended up here but not me being mixed race it wasn't about my race it was like I've brought them this character and this has all been my work and there's there's no kind of doubt there but yeah no it does need to stop it's ridiculous (laughs) it is ridiculous I think I'm getting better at it though learning more about black history about black people's place in society in British society listen to podcasts and stuff and what podcast do you listen to the receipts oh no I heard of that it's like three women of colour okay and they just discuss like normal daily life issues and boyfriends and stuff but then sometimes they'll just you know as you do talk about life your race comes into your life every day on a daily basis so it's quite nice to to hear a bit of that do you mind just talking about, about that a bit more? Like, how does your race come into your daily life every day? Um, I don't know. I get asked a lot, like, where are you from? What's how do you speak Welsh? What's your answer to that question? So I go Wales, okay. and then they go, where are you actually course. from? Yeah. yeah. I say, oh, my father's Jamaican. They go, oh, wow, Jamaica. That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> and then they can go off, aren't they? Yeah. I've never even been to Jamaica. I do want to go, though. But yeah, things like that. People don't assume that I can't speak Welsh. I do get followed around shops, depending on what I wear. What does that mean, though? What do you mean, like just just random people calling you around shops? No, like, like white security men, security guards. Oh, like, he'll, he'll be down an aisle, and all of a sudden he's down that aisle. 
and then you can play kind of a little bit of the like peekaboo. <laughs> wow, that's what happens now. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, it depends how I present myself, obviously. So if I'm in tracky bottoms, yeah. like just popping into Tesco's, yeah. yeah, it happens a lot. And then obviously in like specifically Welsh communities, like my family are from West Wales, okay. in a little village called Aberfar. And when I'm in those areas, like it's very much the only black in the village. We're the only mixed race in the village. Do you go back to West Wales or have you always just lived in Cardiff? Always lived in Cardiff, but we go back to visit my nan all the time. So. Do you find racism there when you're, when you're over there? Um, or is it... Because there's curiosity and then there's racism. I know they're both the same thing, but are people curious or are they racist? Curiosity is the word. Like, I remember <laughs> going shopping with my nan when I was yeah. about 15, and we just in, like, local Tesco's, and some guy just came up to me and was like, can you recommend any good Caribbean rum? And I was like, what? And then my nan was like, she can speak well, she's from Wales, blah, blah, blah. It's a good accent. but yeah I think a lot of people see people of colour as being much older than they are much younger so I'd find that I'd get hit on on, by guys like when I was like 14 15 it's like they can't tell you're assumed to be an adult all of a sudden before you've actually had a chance to be a child because you're not white I think so I think it's the inability to like maybe because I'm tall as well I don't know maybe I just looked older I don't know how did you get into the arts? How did I get into the arts? Yes. How does a, how does a black girl <laughs> from, from Canton, horrible Canton, get into the arts? Well, it was chapter, actually. Okay. Yeah. I remember mum was really good to take me to the Sherman. I think they had like a children's play on every other weekend or something. So I used to oh. go to that all the time and watch the performers and I'd always want to be on the stage. And then we went to see something in the Everyman Festival and then I applied there for money theatre because once you then I was like I want to do it <laughs> and that's when I was about 11 and then I did that until I was like 17 it was mainly like improvisation and stuff and then when I was 17 I auditioned for National Youth Theatre and got into that I think I knew then that I wanted to move to London and stuff as well I think it was really important for me to be amongst more people of colour When you were going to see plays of the Sherman and the everyman and yeah. who were like your role models did you have role models who did you look at away oh I'm like, oh, that's who I want to be Angela Griffin okay yeah because <laughs> I used to watch Waterloo Road <laughs> and I remember I tried to do blonde highlights like her and it just looked awful I still like her though yeah. I just I, she was just recognisable to me sure. I think she had similar hair to me yeah but I don't think I thought very much about representation in the theatre I was watching or TV I was watching or everything, magazines, because it was just, that's how it is. When did that change and when did you start noticing? I mean, I knew I was different. I guess representation, probably not until I started drama school, really. I mean, there was talk of it before, but it's relatively new that it's been in like the media and stuff. It wasn't anything that was kind of discussed at home? No. Not really. I don't think we've really discussed much about my race at home. I was just like considered like everybody else kind oh. of thing. How did it feel to be amongst diverse communities when you moved to London? Was it was it a culture shock? I think both ways, because I think some London diverse communities assume that London's the only diverse place in the UK. 
my family. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, oh my gosh, how do you have a Welsh accent? <laughs> like, surprise. But it was, it, it was, it was good for me, I think. I now have friends from many different cultures and diversities. Very cultured. <laughs> but I also went to school in India for two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Before I went to drama school. How did that happen? What were you doing in India? Do you know Atlantic College? No. In South Wales. They basically have 13 all around the world. Okay. Um, and they're all about like, shit, I'm going to explain this so badly. Um, cultural inclusion and diversity and getting people from all around the world together to create a peaceful, wonderful, uh, idyllic society. Okay. Sounds like a cult. Yeah, a little bit. It, it wasn't a cult, I promise. <laughs> like a global community. <laughs> Still yeah. sounds like a cult, but... <laughs> um, I escaped. Yeah. Um, yeah, I applied there and they could send me to any of the 13 and they sent me to India. Wow. And so, that's a culture shock. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. London was a piece of cake. <laughs> um, were you treated dif- differently while you were there? I think, firstly, Indian people were confused because I was light brown because they knew what a black person looked like. And they knew what a white person looked like, and they knew that I had a similar skin tone to Indian people, yeah. but curly hair. Yeah, I wasn't treated the same as like some of my white friends and stuff. As you'd walk around, like they'd want pictures of them, or they'd want pictures of me. But but it didn't feel the same. No, it didn't feel the same. It was more like admiration and alien being. There's quite a lot of African students as well. I mean, there's students from everywhere around the world, which was just amazing like obviously I learned so much about everywhere I, I did feel a little bit excluded from the African students actually I was told I wasn't allowed to call myself black at that point before I went to London because they were like well if if you're black what are we how do you think the arts in Wales is doing in terms of representation I think there needs to be more writing catered for people of colour I guess we're just gonna have to do it ourselves it's quite sad, in a way. Yeah, it's not my responsibility. It's no. not my job. Yeah. I want to be an actress. Obviously, very interested in writing. Definitely something I want to do. I'm still young, still gaining experience. But yeah, it would be great to audition for something that's been written for that purpose. Be like, oh, this character, I actually really get it. Who, who do you think are the strong black writers in the world at the moment? Can't make one. That's fair. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. That's I mean, so uh, bad. Can yeah. you name some? Um, no. Um, <laughs> not anyone that's... Not that, it, not that it has to be established, but there's nobody that you say, this person is a is an ambassador for Wales yeah. when it comes to the writing. There's, there's no one. Even direction, there's no one. Which is bizarre because Cardiff has been diverse for many, mm. many years. Yeah. It's not new in Cardiff. Yeah. Although I think often we think it is because nobody's ever taught us that history. It's yeah. like something you have to go out and seek rather than something that's just given to you. Yeah, it is bizarre. Do you feel a pressure as, as that person? Absolutely. I feel like I'm expected to write something that will have to be to do with my race. Yeah. It will change <laughs> um, the world. Yeah, and the, the pressure of being a representative all the time. Like, even doing podcasts like this, like, it's like... We shouldn't be doing oh, this. Yeah. yeah, no, no, not at all. No, it's, it's good true. to do it. But it's... I've got to know my facts. I've got to be on top of it. i got to know what I'm trying to say. And I, I'm 24. Like, I don't quite know 
that yet. I don't think I'm meant to. I think I've got so many years to find that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. It can be. But I, you know, if I can speak about stuff, it means it saves the next generation from having to do it as much, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it was wonderful when I was doing the, um, I was presenting the Estedfords, the Welsh Cultural Festival, and like a little mixed race girl ran up to me and wanted a picture with me. I was like, oh, that would have meant so much to me growing up to see like a Welsh mixed race person. I would have just, you know, looked up to them so much and I never had that, so. I'm sure I remember that. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Obviously, there is pressure about being an ambassador or yeah. representative, but do you take pride in that? Would you rather just concentrate on your work and not have to worry about... That's never been a choice for me. Okay. Like, I don't know that life. Sure. I, I don't know what that's like. So it's not something that I aspire to because I don't know if it's much easier or much harder or well, obviously not much harder. But yeah, it's 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 not an option really. It's not something you can just tap out of. People are always going to ask me about being a mixed race Welsh actress. How important is that to you? Like, are you are you a like, massive proud Welsh? Yeah, it's it's two minorities. <laughs> Um, because the one wasn't enough. The Welsh, the Welsh <laughs> language minority. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely super passionate about the language and maintaining that and really proud of my Welsh culture as well as my Jamaican culture. I just don't know as much about sure. it. Are you as um, woke about gender equality as you are about racial equality and things like that? I don't think it's possible to separate them. Okay. Yeah. So being a black woman isn't entirely... It's, yeah. It's a thing on its own. It, absolutely. Like mm. black feminism, mm. which is obviously quite controversial, but so true. Yeah. You know, so many of the milestones that people say that we reach when it comes to like women's week or day or whatever. So many people are like, oh, well, in 1940, we got this. I'm like, no, white women got that. <laughs> we were still waiting. Do we not count as women or, or are we not included in that conversation? I think there's a lot, a lot of work to be done there. Did you find that outside of Wales as well, or that same yeah. thing towards black women? Yeah, absolutely. How do we make it better, Mary? Oh, well, I don't bloody know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I think people just really need to start listening, and I'm going to come back to what I said right at the start, acknowledging privilege is the immediate beginning of understanding different levels in society class doesn't mean as much anymore because class can mean all kinds of things you know my mum's a welsh teacher but i was brought up by a single parent but we we would be considered middle class despite having one income rather than two i'd argue that class is inherently guided by race these days i feel like if you're black or south asian you are working class until you prove otherwise yeah absolutely Super fair to say. Yeah. Got to prove you're intelligent enough. Got to prove you're good enough. And it's tied to being Welsh as well. And Absolutely. Who gets to speak the Welsh language? Yeah. I feel like that's that's connected to class as well. Absolutely. It's, it's become very middle class. What? The language? Speaking Welsh okay. in Cardiff, I think. Okay. It can be quite a middle class thing to send yeah. your kids to Welsh school. But that's not the case all around Wales at all. Yeah. It's just the language of the people rather than a choice that's an, I, I like that phrase it's, it's the language of the people because it doesn't feel like the language of the people maybe it's because yeah. it's being so kind of 
battered out of us. That that too historically, but mm-hmm. now it's the way around where it's kind of like, well, we need <laughs> this. Yeah, it is. Though. It's like we need this many people speaking Welsh by this this time. But I feel like it's artificial in a way. What the need to learn? Yeah, it's almost like a cool thing to do rather than it being like we want to get back in touch with our language. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading it completely wrong. I think maybe you are. I think it is about returning to our language. I mean, in Britain at the moment, there's obviously massive Welsh independence movement Mm. that's growing day by day. I think reconnecting to our roots in that way can only be beneficial, have their own identity. Where do you stand on the whole Welsh independence thing? Yes, Cymru. (laughs) I am, yeah. Yeah. As long as it doesn't stop me from working in England. So like a very soft border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I I do want to be recognised as a country. We've got our own culture, we've got our own language, our own poetry, our own music. And that's something to be proud of, I think, and to hold on to. What do you love about Wales the most? Um, family. Okay. Yeah, like the understanding of family. Like family and loyalty is really important in Wales, I think. Okay. You stick with your family and you back them no matter what. Yeah, I never really thought about that before. Thank you so much for listening to episode four of Critically Speaking. This episode was recorded, hosted and edited by me, Jafar Ekbal. The podcast has been produced by Shane Nichols, who also provided sound support. I want to thank Mally for giving me some of her precious free time in Edinburgh. And of course, thank you again to all of you for listening. Don't forget, you can get involved by finding us on social media. It's critic underscore speak on Twitter, critically.speaking on Instagram, and you can search for the Critically Speaking Facebook page. We'll be back in two weeks' time for another interesting conversation. But until then, thank you, diolch, and goodbye.